Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This episode of Atlanta United FC Weekly is brought to you by RoughneckScarves.com, your source for all things MLS, USL, NCAA, US Soccer, and all of your fundraising needs for scarves, all of your custom scarves needs, custom scarves as low as $7 per scarf. It's the last run, guys. Thank you guys so much for putting up with our nonsense. Uh, thank you so much to Roughneck Scarves for helping us out with our very first, the inaugural Home Before Dark Scarf. If you missed out, sorry, not sorry. Uh, you, you had your chance. The only way to do it now is to make your own. So go make your own knockoff Home Before Dark Scarf over at Roughneck Imitation Scarves. Imitation is the sincerest <laughs> form of flattery, folks. Go check out RoughneckScarves.com for all of your scarf needs for whatever team you may support or if you want to get your own custom scarf design with a dedicated representative there to help you throughout the process with prices starting as low as $7 a scarf. RoughneckScarves.com has you covered. And with that, on to the show. It is May 6th. It is, ooh, 6 de Mayo. <laughs> this is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. I am Tim Herb, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley, the bearded one across from me. Are you, like, victoriously taunting people? It's done. It's done. It's done. The bottle of Sazerac has been completed. Spoiler alert. Spin the bottle always lands on Tim. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the rear end of it does. Dan James is joining us live Hello, from his bunker. Dan, did you go to um, 
protectmyfamily.com and get all of your uh, prepping needs. I can't talk about that, Tim. How much? How much dog food in a bucket do you have down there for you and your you and your wife and kids to eat? You and your 12, uh, 12 sons. It's cat food, and it's uh, I mean, it's a lot. It's good if you're on. <laughs> you keto. have no idea if you're if if you're in ketosis. That cat food is pretty much just fat. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so it's so rich. And and it's fat. really good because it's water absorbing too. So whenever they inevitably make a mess on the floor, you just sprinkle a little cat food on there. You're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> just soaks it right up. I like I like the halfway point between meow mix and wet food tender vittles. You ever had that? Oh, no, it's not- like that crave cereal. It's yeah. got the- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you guys for tuning in to the trap. If you guys uh, are not subscribed, make sure you guys hit the subscription button. Subscribe and then hit the notification bell icon so you guys know whenever we go live, especially when we do two shows on a Monday night like we have tonight. So many of you have come and migrated over to the live chat into the trap, as it were, tonight. If you guys are listening to us on iTunes, make sure you leave us a rating and or a review. We will read it. Oh, a vote and or a review and we will read it live on the show. We really need it this week because we we, we got no responses from Orlando. Orlando shows. So there will not be an offside trap. Well, there will be. But since we're already a top three Orlando City podcast, we figure what better way than to do an offside trap where we just talk to ourselves. And uh, here, <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you a little sample. So what are you thinking this week about uh, the, the matchup against Atlanta United? Oh, <laughs> really? You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and what about Orlando's chances for playoffs? <laughs> it's like a surprised high pitch. It's going to be really good. Party. It's going to be really good. So keep those uh, votes and reviews coming in so that we can stay at the top of the charts in Orlando City's favor. And uh, Pirlo may be a, a top contributor for that show, actually. Yeah, that or uh, Chew Your Paw Off 2019, Who's Got Hot Spots? <laughs> Um, we got to make tonight's show special. Brittany S. is missing the end of The Punisher to watch us. Oh, no. Yeah. But she's caught up on Game of Thrones. That's all that matters, right? Is she? I don't know. I don't know. Either. I know she said she was blocking people, muting people <laughs> on Twitter because they kept ruining it for her. Thank you guys for joining us as always. It is a wonderful day. Unless it's not a wonderful day. Where you don't think don't that wins are good. Don't, yeah, get don't, don't, don't get too excited. Don't get too excited. Don't get too excited, guys. Don't get too excited. We, we've won three out of four games, but slow your roll. We're still the worst team in the league. Yeah, Easy. exactly. Right, Dan? Did we get yeah, that right? I, I would say so. What are we, like, 10th or something? Yep. I don't even at know. Least. I, I yep. can't even look at the table without just being uh, assaulted. Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's tough days, guys. It's um it's a really sad state. Maybe maybe with enough wins we can start to celebrate, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just wondering when. Um you know what's funny, Dan? Uh Kevin told me earlier something that they read off or some sort of stat that they read off on the show or on the broadcast last night saying through 5 games that we had the worst record of any team coming off of an MLS Cup final. So you know, I'm doing digging. I actually started doing that no, digging earlier this no, morning. Tim, Tim put on his fake news hat is what he did. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't trust a fucking thing anybody says. 
Yeah, said. it's he true. Said, I, I don't buy that. I need stats and trends. I need I John need, F. I need John F. Beasy. So you guys in the trap, who? Where do you think we rank through eight matches? We're, we're going to call this the MLS Championship or uh, MLS Champions Hangover uh, statistic. I've, through eight games, where do you think we stand historically with teams coming off of a championship game? And I know I already shared the database or spreadsheet with you guys, but I thought it was pretty telling. Um, even if you go back to five games, I think it was something like we... I want to say we have like the... We're in the middle of the pack. Yeah, like through five games, even with the as as bad of a start as we had, um, we're not at the bottom. I think there are at least three or four teams that had worse records in their um, in their second or their whatever their uh, what do you call it subsequent campaign, whatever their repeat campaign. And through eight games so far uh, this year, we have eleven points, obviously. And Tim went back through twenty years of data for this. So MLS champions, um, we're we're right in the middle of the pack. Actually, we are in the top half of the table. Um, we are in the top half of the table whenever it comes to points through eight games for a championship team going into their repeat season. And you look at teams that are below that that had a worse record than us through eight games uh, points wise. Uh, 2005 DC had they finished third, and then Houston Dynamo in 2008 they finished second. You had Columbus Crew in 2009 finished first. You had Houston Dynamo in 07 finished third. You had DC United in 97 finished first. I mean, it's, I mean, to take you know those those stats as any sort of barometer, especially the first you know five six games of the season, to look at that and think that we're not going to do anything. I mean, even recent history with Seattle is enough to say. That's that's bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, well, it could be bullshit. above us in recent history uh, is the 2015 Los Angeles Galaxy, uh, and in everyone else like um, Toronto FC, the Seattle, yeah, like you're saying in recent history, Portland Timbers, they're all below. So it's there's a good um, difference there above and below with older teams and recent teams is because MLS has been the most evolved league. I feel like over the past 10 years or so. Yeah. It's just, it's just shocking to me to like to hear that and to talk like people, we have the worst record after five games, after eight games, whatever it is of, of any team coming off of a championship, I think is yeah, my fake news hat did kind of just started like pinging and zanging and, I had to. Uh, so then I just started finding all these fake LN United articles, just putting a <laughs> putting a Facebook link on them and sending them to. Uh, Tim. What about this? What about this one? No. Well, how okay. many games in hand do we have right now? We have Two. three. Three. We have three, three. games in yeah. hand on the top three of the division or the top three of the yeah. conference. All right. So I think it's pretty it's pretty well defined that we're not the worst team coming off of a MLS championship win five or eight games into the season. Also, we don't have a crystal ball that says that we're going to end up all of a sudden ending up in second or third place either. However, uh, one thing we can talk about is what's been going around lately. Uh, we heard it last week after the Colorado match of, well, you know, don't get too excited. It's a it's a bad Colorado team. We didn't beat them by as much as we should have, as much as other teams have beaten them by. And I've seen some posts kind of along the same lines after a win against SKC this week where 
it's a it's a win by multiple goals, which is what everyone was clamoring for against Colorado. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's still not enough because SKC's in really bad run of play because they don't have a lot of their starters or a lot of their lineup to be able to put out there. While all very valid points, we don't even have the conversation that we're having right now if Atlanta no. loses that game. So what I pose to you guys is, both in the trap and Dan and Tim, what do you take away from that win? Obviously, I think we all can agree we celebrate it. It's a win. It's a step in the right direction. But how much stock do you put into that win going forward, especially against a Toronto team that seems to be a big challenge this Wednesday? I'm going to throw this over to Dan because I'm still seething mad that we only won that game 3 nothing in Kansas in, <laughs> in, in City. Well, are you... I guess there's two lenses you can look at it. You can look at it in in the game that we actually played, and then you can look at it comparing to Toronto. I I, I think that was they have some injuries, but there were still a bunch of their starting and first choice players that Kansas City played. Um, you had um, Fernando Gutierrez, you had Zuzi who was playing, you had Shallowy who was playing. I mean, you had Tim Melia who was playing, who stood on his head last time we played him. This Christian time, Namath has scored five goals this year, I think. Exactly. Um, I mean, there were... They didn't just throw out... Uh, Swope Park Rangers didn't play against Atlanta last night. That's not what happened. And it's like we've said before, you, you've got to have depth in this league. I mean, Atlanta United, we we have come up with the, against this time and time again. So you can only play the team out in front of you. Uh, unfortunately, Kansas City, we're not going to give us the option to reschedule the game. So when they're all healthy in their own freaking time that we can play them. I mean, nobody else has given us the um, the benefit of the doubt to reschedule our games until all our guys are healthy so we can play our top team. Uh, you can only play what's who's out there. So I thought this was a fantastic uh, win. Um, I think that winning breeds winning, uh, regardless of how it's achieved. Uh, and I think if if you want to put um, be a downer on this, then it's just have some fun every now and then. Thanks. Everything, not, not everything has to be um, misery. You know, even Tata would have won though, the game six nothing, Dan. Right. Well, I mean that's true. I mean, I mean recency bias is a thing. We've we. I've said this a hundred thousand times to about a thousand different people. You know, all these things, all these complaints that we've had with FDB, we had the exact same complaints from game here to game there with Tata. So, one um, of the best just, examples, uh, one of the best examples I saw of that was Joe Johnstone after the, not Joe Johnstone, um, Joe Patrick tweeted something out after the whole bunkering quote from Frank DeBoer, and he found five interviews that tata had had against how hard it teams is yeah that were almost line for line what frank DeBoer says when he's under fire for it that no one seems to remember from tata yeah. Martino. Uh, right i so, think go ahead joe johnstone in the trap how will fdb rank against tata well have we have we covered this in the previous podcast you can't compare energy drink football with protein shake football it's just apples and oranges yeah sometimes and, uh, slim fast tastes good man you just no, gotta take it down no, tim 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 look don't do this man you already get in on this huddle house thing which i heard <laughs> through twitter and now you're saying slim fast tastes great it doesn't 
It just tastes doesn't. Like ass. <laughs> it tastes, tastes like asshole. Hey, can we can we agree that it tastes better than Ensure? No, I have because no I'm idea. not 95 and I don't know what that tastes like. Well, I do. I have the body. <laughs> I have the internal body and the external body of the exoskeleton of a 90-year-old man. Oh, my God. So, uh, so, Tim, before we get to your response, Kevin Gorham answered pretty directly. He puts a ton of stock into this game. He saw players all over the field. This is what we're supposed to look like. Joseph, as a linking force, midfielders coming way back and our backs being dangerous in attack. How about Joseph Martinez tracking back to make a stop on defense how about, in our how own about, How about Ezekiel Barco doing yes. the same exact thing right after he scores the goal? Yes, it's it's funny. Um I was I was definitely very critical of Ezekiel Barco last year, and I just think that he for for nothing else than inconsistency, you saw a lot of shine and a lot of promise out of him last year. He just didn't see it on a consistent basis, and all that scandal stuff got into his head. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And it's very trendy right now to say, you know, where are the Barco haters, where where the Barco haters at, and all that stuff. But this this game showed something that we actually this past few games we've seen that exact thing from Barco that we didn't see at all in his first season where he was very reluctant to get back on defense especially if he lost the ball he would rather kick the air than go and get get back but you're right he has he's tireless he's absolutely our fastest player right now he's not just the quickest but he's the fastest so he's he the- has course corrected all of the criticisms yes. that i think people that I don't necessarily think that it was Barco haters. I think it was people that were criticizing Barco for not doing the things that we knew that he was perfectly capable of doing that he is succeeding wildly at doing this season. What did what did we shout for all last year? Fucking take a shot. Look at this Look guy at what, last night. What happened night. last night? Oh my god, so much so that last night he has an opening where Gressel and Martinez overlap and I'm like just lay it off to them cuz they're wide open inside the box. Nope. And he just, he's like, "Nah, fuck this. I got one. I need another." Um yeah, I think Barco was suffocated in a lot of ways because of Miggy and the way that Miggy liked to play and we talked very early on in this season about how Miggy's role was going to be distributed between Pity Martinez and <clears throat> Ezekiel Barco. And while I think the pity role is still being developed and he's finding his footing on this team, Barco is thriving in the power vacuum that we have that exists on this team in the absence of Miguel Almiron. Um, yeah, it definitely is like a dictator just got taken down. A power vacuum. Yeah. I mean, he really is. I mean, he he's he's found the Almiron ability. is Gaddafi. Exactly. Like- and we have to make sure we don't have a failed state. I don't know if that's too recent a reference, if that's too Ladies soon. and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> we did. I mean, you know, when he finally got that red card against uh, Mexico playing for Paraguay, the mask slipped, and we all saw the true evil, that is, Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> well, conspiracy has it that the New World Order was just trying to take him out, so they were trying to get him to get him to Newcastle. Well, if you believe all the Orlando fans, he looked like a lizard anyway, so... The- <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> so, uh, did you ever see the 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 series V? Oh yeah, the original, right? You're talking about yeah, the, the one ori- from the '80s. The original, absolutely, yes. where they're all lizard people, and that was Miguel Almiron, obviously. Yeah, that was like Chris Farley. Uh, do you remember when you made that song? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't start the fire. Yeah, that was really cool. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, what so, we- how do you want to do this? Do you want to talk? We usually, in a highly structured format, 
talk some lineup, then we talk about the game. Like, how do you want to do it? I like it. Dan keeping us on track. I like it. First of all, have you heard about Roughnecks? (laughs) 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 Well, apparently, uh, Home Before Dark have some scarves scarves coming, but they might be here. I don't know because well, I don't see them, which means I got a sky bell alert. I was at work at nine o'clock this morning, and I get a sky bell alert, and I'm on my phone, and I'm looking, and there's this guy trying to deliver a package. And it needs a signature, and he turns away, and I just, I just sunk into my chair. Tim sending me pictures of this delivery guy with a box, <laughs> and I just took a scarf off my wall and folded it up and said, "Well, if a box is this big, started doing the mental math of like, can fifty scarves fit in this size box? <laughs> but what if it's vacuum sealed? That it's is interesting." Good. It's interesting that you guys did all this when you could have just gone downstairs and asked him if the package was yours. <laughs> no, he was at, he was at the <laughs> office. No, oh, yeah. Right, why yeah. didn't you just like, can't you do the microphone through the doorbell thing? Right. Yeah, but that doesn't count as a signature. Why not? Because oh. I can't reach my hand through the wall. And you don't have that technology? I don't got that thing from I don't that got that thing Michael Keaton's got from uh Dude, how does Spider-Man. That, how does that not how does that not count for you to be like, no, leave it on my porch? Listen to me. Just leave know. it on my porch. You didn't say that you were at work and it was at your house. Yeah. I did. We did. I, I definitely did. Dan. I, I, I doubt it. Uh, anyway, de- scarves de- may, de- or may, de- may or may not be here. Check out roughnecksscarves.com. And uh, lineup, biggest change to the lineup, I think, is the removal of Breck Shea at left back and replacing him with Michael Parkhurst. Michael Parkhurst at left back for the first time, they've said, in seven years. Since he, 2012, he had not played left back. Yes. Obviously, it was never going to work. Obviously. No, absolutely not. Well, and I mean, how work? Let's be careful because it is a depleted SKC team. Well, that's oh, Kevin. That is a very good point. That is I mean, very he good didn't point. even have to play really because they only had ten men on the field. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the the other thing. So, I what I liked about this and what I didn't like about this, which is just playing into the narrative that it was a crappy SKC team. They were if you look at their average player positions, they were like they were scarecrows stuck in mud. They did not seem to move. And even if you check the heat maps, um, the center backs were just stuck there in one position and they left so much space open. I mean, we saw Barco run down the line like two, three times unopposed. Um, it was like gravity with Sandra Bullock. There's so much it, space. <laughs> It was, yeah, there was tons of space, which was great. Um, but I'd also kind of builds a little bit of a blueprint for teams to, you know, bunker harder. Yeah, I agree, Dan. That was a really good analysis, aside from that really bad joke by Tim. Um, one of the interesting things about the Michael Parkhurst at left back was the way that that decision was made by Frank DeBoer. It was it was not something that they just looked at the players that they had and said, well, Breck Shea isn't really doing great, and we got Michael Parker, so we might as well throw him over there. It was something that was evaluated through film and the tendencies that SKC had to track from left to right on the field and knowing that Michael Parkhurst was best suited to handle that. 
and I think he did really great. And and somebody uh, mentions uh, Brian mentions it was interesting to see him push in a little bit centrally from time to time. And I think that was what his role was always intended to be was to track those players as they move centrally from left to right. But I think what was strangest for me was seeing him so far up the field, which we never see. And actually, well, you say that, but two games ago uh, that's true. against Dallas, he was up in. He well, was playing. Everybody right. was. It's true. It's true. <laughs> trying to break that down he was playing right back and he was up and he he did look lost at times but there were times where he was actually penetrating the defense um dude that fucking stutter step that he had up on the line but to me i'm not that surprised by it just because of what i saw against dallas he like he didn't have the finished product at that point in dallas whenever we played dallas but he served up that one that that pd uh volleyed wide right exactly that's what i was saying yeah um the this was it was only natural, I think, in hindsight, obviously. But whenever he got brought in uh, against Colorado, he got brought in for Breck Shea, right? He got, yeah, he got put into the game for Breck Shea, and then he played on that left side. And I, I don't know if that was necessarily just, I don't, I don't know if that was out of necessity or if that was a tryout or like, not tryout, but just to see for for Frank DeBoer to see if it's if it's viable to put him on that side. We did get an update on. George Bello. I don't know if you guys saw two to three months with an app. I feel for the kid, but at the same time, uh, he's, he's 17. He's, he's it's just, it, it, it's not a good position for Atlanta United to be in. It's not, but at the same time, no need to rush that kid. No, back. absolutely not. It's just more. What, what does Atlanta United do going long term? Because while we can all agree that the decision to put Michael Parkhurst in hindsight was a great one. It worked out great. Uh, I think we all agree that Breck Shea is not. I mean, we, we all sat here last week and said he was the most disposable. If we had to put a disposable player on the field, it would be Breck Shea. It's not to say that he's the worst player to ever play the game, but left back is our most vulnerable position right now. And to have one of our depth pieces out for a few months and no timeline on Mikey Ambrose right now. No, I don't think there's timeline on Mikey Ambrose. I do want to point out real quick Connor Thompson in the trap. Uh, asking if you're drinking Yoo-Hoo and whiskey. This is actually, yeah. he said, only the most Southern and royalty yeah, drinks. Yeah, I, uh, I actually put some peanuts in there, too, and some <laughs> Coke. It's you who bourbon, peanuts, and Coke. <laughs> uh, it's oh actually God. cold brew. It's uh, got to get amped. It's it's like you're drinking Bud E. You remember that stuff? Oh, it was Bud yeah. Energy. It was beer, oh. beer with caffeine in it. Gross. What I like about, about putting podcast at left back is he's been able to anchor that side of the field so when escobar pushes up miles lgp and parkers can form that sort of three center back uh pairing and then nagby gets pushed further left with remedy sort of like dropping in the middle and maybe going back into a cb role um but it's just it just seems <laughs> it seems like a really intelligent move it's like Frank de boer with all of his experience in soccer, knows like what he's doing and has a plan. Uh, no, did you see that? Six games at Crystal Palace. He doesn't know what he's doing. Not at all. Um, right. He had yeah, Wilfred Zaha. I don't know how he didn't go undefeated during that, that time frame. <laughs> um, it's actually shameful. Um, to Landon Schultz in the trap, who says Mickey, I think he means Mikey Ambrose, is back in training again. No, he's talking about Orlando City. He's ahead of us right now. We're not talking about them yet. <laughs> um, Elliot Beaven, uh, long time, long time trap trap star, saying Atlanta United should use 
Hernandez more as a as is left he, back. Is, does he have an Atlanta United contract, or does he have a contract with the two? Just the two. I don't know. I don't know. But John Let's Gallagher, John Gallagher was on the bench last night, and I believe he can play uh, wing back on the on the left side, if I'm not mistaken. Too like Connor Thompson's logic. This is a good home before dark kind of spin on things. Wait, if two rights make a left, then we can play two right backs and a center back. I like it. <laughs> this is too much. Um, and then Dirty Bird person saying, I think it's time to bring in another body at that spot. Bello is not going to be healthy and acclimated before it's time to move on for this season. It's true. It's just left back is historically notoriously hard. Uh, in terms of a a hard position to fill with talent that can, I guess, go both ways because you can, it's not, if you look at the bigger leagues, it's, it's definitely not hard to find a left back who can get up the field, but one that can play defense at the same time is definitely harder. And then you run into the situation where you have somebody like Chris McCann that you're playing at left back who not is not necessarily an attacking threat. It's, it's a tough, just fullbacks are probably the toughest position and probably the most thankless position, um, I guess, relatively speaking, on the field. I I don't know where we find that left back. It seems like everybody's having trouble finding fullbacks in, in MLS right now. Yeah, I was hoping that they would pretend, oh my gosh, I was hoping they would bring someone in. Um, Hernandez is unavailable. I think he is loaned this year to yeah. but he's unavailable. And um, so... So yeah, I, I think it makes sense to play Parkhurst in what we've deemed and you know a typically um, out of position, um, but because w- we need to you know within the confines of MLS you need more utility types of players in order to cover more ground so your flood squad can be more flexible without having to um, because you've got the salary cap to deal with. Uh, I think it makes a ton of sense to do that. Um, at least I think it makes a ton of sense for DeBoer to experiment with guys out of position, and I'm fully on board with it. Uh, it may not go very well sometimes, but I appreciate him tinkering with the squad in order to do that. And when it doesn't pull up, people are just going to jump on him. And when it does, it looks like a genius. Yeah, Tim, it's an interesting point that you mentioned about the rest of the league struggling at the same position. I feel like every week, that's one of the benefits of doing the offside trap. Every single week we talk to people. Who's your liability? Well, we have this guy on the right. And it's always the left back. back. Yeah, Yeah, it's always the left back, I feel like. And it's it's always struggling on defense. So um, somebody mentioned uh, Landon Schultz. So in the June window, what position should Atlanta look to pick up? I think universally, at least my vote would be uh, looking for somebody at that left back, but everybody seems to be going the same route. And so if you don't pick up a defender, I, I don't know what other voids this team really has as far as depth pieces goes. I, I don't, I I'm struggling to find one uh, outside of that defensive positioning. And even that can maybe be rectified by going to the three back formation with the, the three that you feel really confident in with, Miles Robinson, uh, Franco Escobar, and uh, LGP. And then you've got Michael Parkhurst there and waiting if you need to. And then, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of options, but that would be my vote, would be somebody for defense. What do you think, Dan? June window yeah. coming up. Yeah, I would I would totally say, I mean, well, go for a left back as much as you can. Um, right. 
I would love them to see if they could pull off that Brooks Lennon uh, attempt that they tried last year. Uh, otherwise, I feel like you're trying to look for another center mid. So uh, to put, bring depth to that position, and maybe a center mid who can play a little bit of center back because you know you don't want your center backs going down as much. Um, uh, you know, it's a it's an injury to LGP or Robinson, and then you're bringing in Pogba. Yeah, that's I true. I forget. I, I keep forgetting we have Pogba in waiting. We have not seen much of him so no, far. No, that's what Brian was asking. Didn't Pogba play some left back? I think so. But at the same time, I can't help but think right now. I can't think of anything other than this being a publicity move at this point. Yeah. I, because he doesn't seem to be a viable option. He's gotten, he's can, probably I count he's, on one hand the amount of minutes he's had this season. I think he's literally played tens of minutes in the, you know, the eight games he's been in the 18. Well, I guess he hasn't been in the 18 all, all eight games, but more than half of them at least. And he's, he's got very little play time. Um, yeah, but it, obviously Frank is not seeing. Yeah, exactly. Brian said he'd be starting over Shea if he was showing something in training, but he's not. It's a good point. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like he is. Um, I don't. I don't know. I feel like center back might be our. I feel like we have depth at that position if for no other reason than um, we have Escobar, LGP, Parker, and Miles Robinson. I think we do in the center mid as well. To Dan's point, between Eric Rometty, Nagby. Jeff Lorenowitz, even if you have to bring Gressel over into that center mid role, and whenever Kevin Kratz is healthy, but he's not right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's really looking at that left side because the amount of mobility that Barco has, even as the wing, and, and maybe this is a good segue to talk about Barco's performance, which we talked just lightly touched on previously, but it seems like that left side needs to be shored up in the long term and maybe what Atlanta doesn't go for because they know everybody else is going to be going for it in uh, the June transfer window is looking for somebody in the left midfield role rather than a left back role that can come back and play some defense, but knowing that you have a Jeff Lorenowitz or a Eric Rometty that can drop back to shore up the back line in a three back formation so that LGP can track over onto left or whatever that you need to help those uh, left midfielders to track back and, and cover on, but that's going to give you some more depth in a left offensive role that I think is maybe lacking right now. What are your thoughts on that? Well, Dan? well don't think so. We've got Dion Piet per, Pereira. Um, mm. I mean, we've seen more of him than we've seen of anybody else who is not on the squad at this um point in time so and he seems i mean he's been on the bench pretty consistently which means he's doing something at the twos enough for the board to bring him up and say okay yeah you can come in as a sub and and reward you for that so i think we'll probably see him um potentially when uh when barco goes to the u20 world cup uh and eventually loses to england but then someone in the trap was also saying that we could potentially lose pity and um barco to a Southern American competition no, that I don't think that's going to happen. Point. No, well, like being both called up for Argentina senior. Oh, team. I thought you were saying them getting sold in the summer. I was like, I, oh, I very much oh, doubt no. that. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, so we have Dion Pierre, but you know, 
if you bring in a C a CDM CM CM center mid role, it only takes an injury to you know someone like Martinez. Then you you want to push Nagby up because I feel like Nagby is going. If you pull out Pitti and Barco, you've got a few holes to fill. But you're always I must the 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 feeling I get from this squad is you already want to have those guys in line for the offense rather than having to bring in someone for like a spot uh, uh like a, a, a sub like a spot appearance um so it's always going to be defenders who you'll pull in like journeyman or or veteran players who are out of contract or you pull off a transfer like we did with remedy uh but i mean remedy was a great move but you know, I feel like our depth is more important on offense than it is on defense. No, I would agree with you on Thoughts. that. Yeah. I mean, we need more in mid. I mean, we, we play. So I can't remember who it was. I think it was Tony Neitzel at the beginning of the show in the trap saying that, you know, we finally started shooting and we started not just trying to pass the ball in, but that is kind of a hallmark or a trademark is that whole, everybody's a midfielder mentality. But, but it's because of that. People taking it and I feel like I'm a broken record and I hate the to our own horn. I, I hate to toot our own horn a little okay. bit. But that's what we've been saying all along, right? Like you you have to have players that are willing to take a shot at the top of the eighteen to make defenders second and triple guess what your players are gonna do to open up the passing lanes to get some one touch passes for an easy gimme goal like what we saw against SKC. It's because Barco is taking shots at the top of the 18 that all of the, the defenders are having to step to and challenge him that a quick layoff pass and a one-two connection with Joseph Martinez or Pitti or whoever it may be, Gressel up top, manages to find some traction that wasn't happening before. So I think those things will continue to develop. But to your point about needing the offensive depth, that's about to get challenged Pretty heavily. We talked about Barco being out for the U20s coming up. I think he left today. So uh, before before we move on to that, actually, let's give Barco his due, even though we're going to be without him for arguably the toughest stretch of games that Atlanta United is going to have this season in the quickest turnaround time, something like seven games in 20 days or something like that. Then we have a three-week break in June. But Ezekiel Barco, Let's do it. Let's do like a, a one-minute spiel on Barco each because uh, I think he deserves it after his performance this past week. Tim, thoughts on Barco this week? I thought he was outstanding. I think he's our workhorse. And, and one of the things that seems like we're lacking is that combination of quickness and speed that we had with Miguel Amiron. And it seems like we have some shades of that now. I mean, it's maybe just that much more amplified whenever you see whenever PD Martinez gets on the ball, how much he slows it down and how, how often he holds up possession or holds up play um, to the benefit or the detriment of the team, whatever it's, it's pretty consistent. He does slow the team or slow the game down a little bit more to his speed. Barco's the opposite. Barco is flying in, trying to get on the, on the end of things. I mean, you saw a couple times whenever they didn't connect um, in the final third or with the final pass uh, going into the 18. But at the same time, like the way he was latching on the balls, it made me really feel like um, it was the first time I really hadn't missed Miguel Almiron this season, I think. Yeah. Dan, what are your thoughts? 
the biggest factor that I saw in this game was him tracking all the way back to block out, I think it was Johnny Russell at one point, but he ran all the way back, back to the penalty box and shut down a chance that was happening. And I was like, okay, that's exactly what we loved Miggy doing. And Barco was doing that. And he was, it was like the 80th minute. And it was like he was still going at 100 miles an hour. I was really impressed with his stamina. Um, also, I think one thing that's helped him has been the Joseph Martinez of last season. Uh, he was getting piled up in the final third. There was like points where there's like four or five guys around him. And as soon as he was able to either lay the ball off or have it randomly bounce off to Barco, Barco was in a space and he was able to do that. He was able. To, he had a ton of space where he was able to score that crazy curling effort that goes. You were losing far you, right post. I mean, um, him having space. No, you are not losing me. He, um, I think, with his, now he is having space. He's able to do more, and I feel like when I remember for last year there was so much more blocking and so much more bunkering and he was pushed way too far up. They didn't have the breathing room behind him in order to take a step back and sort of concentrate a little bit in order to put in um, like a decent shot or a decent effort rather than he was like, he was panicking and just pushing it off to another teammate. Yeah, definitely the most complete performance by Barco that we've seen out of his. It's hard to believe that he's been here for two years now, yeah. but um, most complete performance. I think there's a lot of factors that weigh into that. I think that he's gotten better uh, week in, week out. Dan, to your point, success breeds success. And I think a lot of last night lent itself to that, that he found success early on and some of the link up play that leads to Joseph Martinez's goal. Um, saw him tracking back and doing just about all of the things that we expected him to do if we were to break off the Miguel Halmaron role and distribute it to him and pity. I think that all of the elements that we expected him to take on, he did that and more last night. And uh, I, I'm, I'm struggling to come to terms with the fact that we're going to lose him for a couple weeks for the U20, but uh, it's bet it, it's good for him. It's good for the image of the club that he's peaking and getting a form right now that he's going to go play there and hopefully build on that success. And we obviously hope that he comes back healthy. Um, and, and at the same time, I'm, I'm a little bummed because he is finding that success right now when we really need that player. We need that consistency and that depth for this run of games. A couple of the comments in the trap, um, is Justin Johnson. Barco is the closest to a Miggy replacement on the counter rather than pity. Um, can you scroll up a little bit, Tim? There's a couple other uh, comments up there. Right there. Uh, we look better in the final third this last match. Barco has been big in that regard in the last few games. Um, one of the interesting comments here is that both by Elliot Beaven and Dirty Bird person about Carlton, where Carlton fits into that lineup, which maybe leads me to the next point, which is Barco's gone. I think it's a obvious substitution and that the person that gets the starting role for this lineup as it stands currently is Tito Vialba. 
That said, do we expect what do we what do we expect to see out of Tito in the next few games? What what is his trajectory going forward? Knowing that Barco's going to be gone for a couple of weeks, uh, is that position called into question if Tito starts to build some success there? And then subsequently. What do we expect to see out of Andrew Carlton? Because I think that he's next in line over there at that position with Tito that the next likely substitution there is going to be Andrew Carlton, even though I will note he's not had any playtime so far that I'm aware of under Frank DeBoer since he started as manager. Right. So I don't know, um, man. Uh, he wasn't even the 18 last night. John, right. John Gallagher made the 18 over him. Exactly. I. <laughs> That's that. That makes me think that he is probably more in line to get minutes outside of Tito coming in there. First, I think Tito plays in it as an inverted winger, and I think you put Petey back in the middle and you put him behind Joseph Martinez. But at the same time, I, I, I think John Gallagher might be. Anytime I've seen him play with the twos, he's been impressive. So I don't know. I think he's probably earning his dues. I don't know where Andrew Carlson fits in right now. I tell you where Andrew Carlson fits in. He fits in in the alleyway behind $3 Cafe, drunk out of his mind. Um, I don't think Carlton is in this lineup. I think I shot an apparent to a left back. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, but with Barco, with the, Barco's absence, I think Pierre slots in there. Um, and I'm assuming that you. When you are saying Tito is going to play, he is going to be on the left mid, so he's playing. Yeah, inverted. I think that's that's where we've seen Kim, him Kim? line up in this formation so far uh, with Frank as as that inverted winger sort of role with uh, Gressel on the right. Yeah. Um, so I just did the trap. Dan, your yeah, 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 your connection is really, really breaking up. <laughs> yeah, we can't, we can't even, we can't even piece together words at this point. Oh, man, well, we should have used audacity. <laughs> it doesn't help the people that are watching live or us to understand you. So, go on. Well, aside from the the drunken um, alley, okay, three dollar cafe. I think- Uh, Dion Pierre is going to take Barco's spot. I don't think Andrew Colton is going to put into these into this squad. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see over the next few weeks what happens uh, in in that position. Um, Toronto comes to town Wednesday night. What are we What are we expecting out of this game? Uh, not not necessarily results per se. I think a lot of the conversation so far this season has been catered around um, because Atlanta got off to a rough start and what constitutes a successful outing, a successful result outside of the final score. What do we expect to see against a Toronto team that's been really successful so far this season? What do you guys hope to see aside from a positive result obviously and battery exhausted i got it i got it uh go ahead dan so toronto they played um so obviously they they beat orlando i am more worried about 
Toronto than anyone um, that we've played previously. Um, Jonathan Osorio is playing lights out. So is Alejandro Ponsuelo. Um, even Michael Bradley's doing really well. Nick DeLeon's Boo. doing well. And the, That's the real question. Do we expect to see booze this or hear? Do we see booze? Do we hear booze this week? Is it over finally? What's I, the I hope it's over. Doing? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> um, the relationship that Osorio and Moro have built on the left-hand side is seems to be very. It seems to have consolidated pretty well. Um, they've all. Pl- I think they've played every single MLS game um, so far together. Uh, it, I'm hoping that Escobar is going to be up for it. Um, I'm thinking that you want to play Gressel on that right-hand side to kind of um, abate that a little bit, which means Tito is going to be inverted unless Dion Pereira is playing in front of him. Um, It's going to be a difficult game. I'm not um, very hopeful about it, although I'm going to be actually attending it, which will be my first game I've been to this season. Uh, Once you make it to games, you can't make it into the studio. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's cool. <laughs> got him. You know. Hey, we've got to have priorities, right? He's too busy drunk in that alley with Andrew Carlson. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where he's been. Uh, cops. Hey, APD, I know who's been feeding Carlton booze. And um, his name is uh, his name's Dan James. One thing I want to see, and I think we will see, is there's a man named Eric Rometty who has a penchant for locking down and making center attacking midfielders disappear. We saw it in the playoffs. Uh, you know, he, he erased Kaku more so than MLS did with that suspension. He erased Maxi Morales from the game. He most likely is going to be able to at least um, neutralize Alex Pozuelo. And I think that's, where we will find success. I, I think that he is going to be able to shut down those passing lanes, and I think we're going to be fine there. Plus, we have Miles Robinson in the back who's going to be able to just head away every single ball that comes near him. Or if if he doesn't do it intentionally, he'll find a way to put his head in the path of the ball like he did oh this my past God. weekend. Well, no, but that knocked him on his fucking ass. Just, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't like I'm surprised he didn't start headbanging. Because he like he looked up like oh yeah, <laughs> I wanted him to just oh yeah. Oh. That any word on him? Because yeah, I don't know. I mean, Knowing obviously, how it was, lax the concussion protocol is in MLS. I'm sure he's fine. It was right. It was during stoppage time. Whenever stoppage time first started in the the first half, so obviously he went through some sort of concussion protocol in the locker room or during halftime, and he passed it. But at the same time, I would be uh, remiss. <laughs> I would not be surprised if he ended up having a concussion because yeah. that was a hell of a hit that he took. I'd be remiss if I didn't remind you guys <laughs> that the phone lines are open six seven eight eight two seven three two nine seven. You can get your calls in. We've got a few of those as we start to queue them up here. My expectations this week, now that I know that Dan is going to be in attendance, it was mentioned earlier on about a potential meet and greet on Sunday with it being Mother's Day. I don't know what my personal plans are. But what I expect to see Wednesday with it being an after work special, 
potentially a meet and greet in the atrium prior to kickoff Wednesday evening. Uh, so for those of you that are going, we'll tweet out the details. If we can get together in the atrium, uh, maybe have some drunken waffle fries off the floor as some of us have been known to do during cup play. Apparently awesome. <laughs> if you, if we do that, then you can meet my dad. What do you I'm mean? I've met him before. He game. made me uh, the chicken, the red chicken, the red oven Indian chicken. What's that? Chicken Ten, tandoori. tandoori chicken. Remember he made me chicken tandoori? Made all of us chicken tandoori yeah. for New Year's whenever Clemson beat LSU? Oh, I remember that real good. But I wasn't I wasn't talking about you, Kevin. I was talking about our awesome listeners. Oh, okay. Because I, I met your dad, too, on the way to the stadium from the varsity down to Bobby Dodd. It's just, like weird, to, it's just weird to hear That's you directly right. address the listeners whenever you just <laughs> seem so out of touch. <laughs> You're just tweeting out. You can't be bothered to get personal with the listeners now whenever you have such impersonal tweets as, look at this pretty stadium. Yeah, I'm back on Twitter now, fucker. I saw what you've been doing in my absence, and I do not approve of that. And you've never had so many likes. Oh, <laughs> uh, lies, sir. Lies. <laughs> I just keep. Th- I, I'm waiting for Dan to chop, like, to start breaking up, and I don't feel so good, Mister Herb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel so good, Mister Herb. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. All right, what we got for voicemails, Tim? Six seven eight eight two seven three two nine seven. Let me get this. Phone lines are always open, by the way. We tweet it out, but uh, anytime you want to call, feel free. We uh, It's through Google, so we've got set up. Can we set up a personalized? I think one of the things that uh, maybe throws people off is that it has the automated voicemail. Can we do a personalized leave a message after the beep? Go check out roughneckscarves.com sort of uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just segueing until it's the audio not. finally gets figured out. Do you want me to do fantasy while you do? Yeah, that yeah, sounds really great. It, I had a really fun fantasy last night. All right. Sorry. I'm just kidding. No, no, that's not. Sorry. Different things. Go ahead. Good Lord, Kevin. Um, all right. You were in it. In- <laughs> Kevin had a fantasy that he was uh, in Winterfell drinking Starbucks. Because that was a uh, uh, on the was, internet today. Giant's milk. All right, so in in fifth position, real into United FC by Felch. Uh, One of the highest scoring week's leaders with 108 points. Uh, He had Joseph Martinez on the bench, but was happy to throw in Daniels from Toronto, who didn't play. So Joseph just slotted right in there and got him a massive 14 points. Um, He was playing with Pozuelo. He had jacket in there and Tony trusty because philadelphia did pretty good this weekend he also adds latan who is the spitting image of my brother um that's a very random thing but he also scored him seven points and he had uh miller from lef race basis ezekiel barco oh boy (laughs) i think we got something tim got got, we got it working dan sorry d pain we uh we got to hold out for this or do you want to keep going no go ahead yeah 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 (laughs) d pain (laughs) you got that auto tune going on (laughs) go ahead all right in fourth we have fc apogee by nathan lines um, he was also switcheroo, but he did a little better than Joseph Martinez with Pritz Glubla Club Clo. Uh Pritz Club Club Clo, five point seven midfielder, five point seven million, 
forward with 16 points. Uh, bit it's of a sleeper there. The way you didn't. I just thought it was your connection breaking up, but I think you meant to say it like that. So that was really good. Well, I mean, you look at his name. It is all, there. There Prince is Bilko? one vowel in there, huh? Prince Bilko. Yep, that's that sounds good, Tim. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also had Nanny in there, so Nanny cost him uh, a couple of points. You so need kind to of pick slipped. up Nanny so that you can be in the studio with us on Monday nights. Speaking of Nanny, because... Mother's Day, <laughs> Sunday, Orlando, Daddy's back. <laughs> <laughs> am i right am i right <laughs> go ahead you are right finally that is where i will be on sunday um okay don't var me bro position three at that probably um he did some switcher everyone is switching it's so boring uh he had uh Medina dan <laughs> From Philadelphia, scored a massive 30 points with the captain armband. He also had Nanny. Um, okay, I guess Nanny's going to have a double game week. So hopefully that can screw you over, Matt, probably, because he's going to get destroyed by Man United. Uh, position two. Thormacher SC. Got some prizes in number two. Oh, Dude, good job. German. Furman German. <laughs> my German. That's my boy. <laughs> he was... He had... A t- not a great midfield. He only had he had Nani K, Ponzuelo, Asidu, and Monterio. So Asidu got subbed for Salinas, uh, which scored him an extra six points. And the number one soccer specific fantasy team by Andy Watkins. The guy of the sugars. He is a man he of the people. A he is a man of points. He has Latin on the bench. All right, voicemails. Man uh, of the people, second. a man of the healthcare system. Uh, he did awesome. I mean, I've gone I'm through sorry, this. He's still waiting on voicemails. Uh, this is terrible. All right, voicemails. Six seven eight eight two seven three two nine seven. Get them in. Tim's going to start playing them now, or it's fart sounds. I don't even know anymore. Go ahead. Sorry about that, guys. I could not resist. <laughs> All that talk about Orlando. <laughs> Man, like, this really lets me know I've fat. Good morning, fellas. It's Kevin. Uh, yeah, let's quickly run down this. How about that wheeling, dealing, girlfriend stealing, shaking, baking, <laughs> shot making, brace faces, stassing, Ezekiel Barco. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I can't wait to watch the uh, uh, that, that Young Kids World Cup that's coming up. Uh, number two, speaking of that, uh, y'all ready for a big, heaping boatload of inverted Tito? Number three, also, if it's not Tito, who do you guys think gets the most appearances over the next eight games? Do you think it's Carlton? Do you think it's Gallagher? Do you think it's Neon Dion Pereira? And if it is Carlton, what do you guys think the over-under is on the number of appearances he has uh, before the end of that uh, U16 or U18 World Cup? All right. I'll hang up and listen. Oh, yeah. Long-time caller. Fifth, or Sorry, long-time listener. Fifth-time caller. To hell with Orlando. <laughs> 
I feel like every week we end up getting – I'm really proud of ourselves because yes. I don't look at those before we record. So we always end up hitting all of the topics, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we all lightly touched on it. If you had a vote, let's just go around the room. I think you two spoke on it, but I didn't. Who is who do we see as the likely replacement between Gallagher, uh, Pereira, and uh, Andrew Carlton over the next few weeks in Barco's absence? If we're talking about outside of Tito, um, I think probably it's more likely to be Dion Pereira, though I would not be surprised if it's uh, John Gallagher. But I think that Andrew Carlton at this point is third on that list if it's between those three players. I will second that sentiment. Yeah, I think Dion Pereira. Um, and then after, well, yeah, so that's two, right? So you'd have Tito and then you'd have DP and then the third guy, I guess, would be Gallagher. Interesting. Brian says none of the above. I wonder what his suggestion is. Uh, let us know in the trap. You got the next uh, voicemail ready? Yeah, next voicemail. What's up, guys? Chris, uh, I'm not going to do the drunken guy who walks around with a dog and doesn't want to wake up his baby. Uh, but I got to say, I was really impressed with the game. Felt like we did a really, really, really good job in a lot of areas. Uh, felt like we finally saw some life in uh, Atlanta United. But the one thing I want to say is, man, Miles Robinson got knocked the fuck out. Jesus Christ, that was a fucking face palm. Jeez. Um, but on the other question I have is with Barco going, since Barco seems to be our guy that's making plays, what are we going to do? Who's going to fill his shoes? All right, guys. Hope you do well. Look forward to seeing you in the trap. Okay. So I, I think this up. is, I think this is interesting because I don't think this is the same question that Kevin Gorham's asking, because I think what he's asking while we might put Tito in for Barco, he is not the replacement in playmaking for Barco. Who does the playmaking Ooh. in in place of uh, Barco at this point? That's a really interesting question. Um, who does that? Because Tito's not a playmaker, right? Tito is a guy who gets who makes runs, finds lanes, who gets on the end of balls. He's not necessarily the guy. It, it, it happens on occasion. I think the difference maker right now, based on where the players are and what we've seen out of the first eight games, if I am going to decide who's going to be the player to distribute and be the playmaker based on foot skill and the awareness of where all the other players are falling offensively, it's going to be Darlington Nagby. I think it could be Pitti Martinez with a little bit more development, but where he is in this lineup currently and where things stand, I don't think that's the case. I think it will be Darlington Nagby that ends up being the difference maker offensively on how balls are being distributed out of the midfield. So, yeah, Nagby played a blinder last week. Um, he really did. I mean, there was like one or two uh, errors, one horrible error that could have just left a goal, but thankfully it didn't. Uh, that's a good shout, Kevin. I think um, Pity is so close to uh, opening his scoring account, and I think when that happens, he's just he like it's going to be like a switch will be flipped. Hopefully, I think anyway. Pity could be um, our if, if well, I'm not going to say if when Atlanta United makes it to the playoff somewhere between fourth and seventh place, and I win an away days kit courtesy of Christian Mills. Um, I think that by that point in the season, 
Pity Martinez will be. How come I didn't get on that, that bet? Point. I'm not. I'm not letting you. What do you mean? It was in Slack. It's on you, homie. Oh, that's my fault. Yep. Go ahead. What do you think? What are you thinking? Who's the? Well, who's the can uh, I finish? Can I finish? Oh God. Can You're Can so I right finish, right? Kevin? Can I finish? The first. You're normally done way quicker than this. Go ahead. <laughs> well, that that was just one night, man. That I I'd had a lot of beer. Uh, and it, I wasn't paying attention. Just watching Jordan Mormont, <laughs> all uh, Jordan Peterson himself. <laughs> Jordan Peterson? That would be pretty amazing <laughs> to see, though. I think Gressel could be the guy. Um, Ooh. Because he's done a lot. I, I think nagby's a good shout but i don't want to be the same as you kevin so when gressel out playmakers nagby i can tell you to eat it um what's so what yeah. what do you so what what metric do we use then to equivocate this uh, i guess we're going to need to do either assists or chance creation yeah right so we're gonna have to come up with some really complicated way to all right so hold on let's see let's hear tim's let's hear tim's response first then we can figure that out. Breck Shea. Go ahead, guess. You are such a fucking <laughs> No, I think that he's going to step in. He's probably going to play central attacking midfielder. Uh, just put him up <laughs> in the seven. <laughs> he's, uh, no, I, my answer is actually going to be Julian Gressel, just because I think he's our best playmaker outside of, of Barco right now. And I think that he just has a tendency to, to create chances. And I think that, with uh, with that vacuum being open, with Barco being out, I think that Gressel is going to be able to pick a lot of that back up. I, I think he's had some of that burden taken off of him this year. Uh, granted, we haven't been the most... The first few games of the season, we weren't the most prolific in chance creation, obviously. Um, so I think with that open back up for him, I think he's going to be putting a lot more balls in and, and creating a lot more chances. So you mentioned XG and assists. I would almost wager that it has to do with passing accuracy being the definer of success and chance creation in the run of play in this Frank DeBoer system. As much as possession has been a integral part to this system and what Frank's done, I think that it's going to be the passing accuracy based in that possession that will lead to the success in the subsequent chance creation or assists. Yeah, but I mean Miles Robinson's good at passing too, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a playmaker. Right, but we're talking about players that are naturally going to be making passing attempts in the attacking third. So, if we're talking about two players that are going to be passing in the attacking third, I think that Passing accuracy is going to be a critical thing for Darlington Nagby more so than assists or um, or XG are because of the way that he's distributing the ball up to the people that are actually going to be making the layoffs, the one-two touches or whatever it may be up top, whether it's Tino yeah. Vialba or Joseph Martinez tracking back or even or even Gressel, you know. Oh, as a uh, as a predictive uh, stat, right? Okay. All right, we got some more voicemails. 
No, yeah. George. It's got to be Joe Johnstone in there, right? No, no, Joe Johnstone. Oh, we I'm have, so disappointed. We got one more. Apparently, there's still time. Six seven eight eight two seven three two nine seven. Get those calls in, Joe. It's not too late. DC strength, people. <laughs> to all my haters out there, can I get that toot toot whistle again? <laughs> and screw you, Crystal Palace. He had a little bit of a like, like a like a. Asian twang <laughs> of that, like a, that was a very it was a it was a big deviation from the last time we heard Frank. He might just be riding high off of a big win. Yeah, I mean it's to see the, that, but yeah, there you go, Frank. No, nonetheless, be remiss. Connor Thompson's that. asking for the for the phone number. You Kevin. are such a silly, silly shit. Six seven eight eight two seven three two nine seven roughneckscarves dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, boy! So I South Africa, South, South African. That might have been it. <laughs> South uh, African. Yeah, exactly. My wolf. <laughs> My wolf. My wolf is in the other room. Um, <laughs> one thing I wanted to say from last night and some of the reaction that we were seeing that people just can't be happy. Yeah. And right now, I can't help but feel. Like any success we find or any joy, I I feel like I'm half cocked with a like with Ooh, a smile. Get whole cocky, Tim. <laughs> After talk, <laughs> I feel like I have a half cocked smile. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, <laughs> I I walk into every situation with a whole cock smile. No matter how I'm feeling, Tim. Maybe that's the difference maker, really, in our outlook on life is whether or not you're walking around. Smile half cock or whole cock. <laughs> what is it? Six seven eight eight two seven three two nine seven. Yeah, that's it. Um. Anyway, <laughs> hit enter. Oh, I didn't hit enter. I hit the the space. Um. No, I feel like I am riding high at this point, still off of last season's championship. Don't to, get cocky, kid. To, to the point where. Any success and extra happiness I find. Dan, I see you, shitbird. <laughs> Too bad I gave him the uh, the phone number to the Gwinnett County Police. <laughs> I just feel like anything at this point has found money. I don't know if you feel like that right now, where you feel like any success we're finding right now on top of the, the championship of last year is like, uh, thank you. Yeah. Th- thank you for that. Because, yeah, exactly. I mean, we just won a championship. Um, in, <laughs> yeah, always get a whole cocked for sure. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I should have known better. Like, <laughs> I'll bring a half cock around me, too. <laughs> you know, I'm going to want the whole thing. <laughs> totally screwed up what I was going to say. Uh, okay. Uh, um, yeah, I don't think we have any more voicemails coming in tonight. All right, so phone lines will stay open. We've got two games this week. We won't have two shows, but I feel like we've got to touch on Orlando. I know we're we're kind of hitting the hour mark already here. Uh, we got to touch on the Orlando show just because we won't have another show before the Orlando game. I know Toronto is the big one because it's just two days away, um, or tomorrow if you're listening to this on iTunes or wherever you found your podcast. Uh, Orlando match. Hold on, this hold on. Sunday. Oh, oh, oh. We've got another? Yeah, we have another voicemail that just came in. Are you just bringing up the fart? (laughs) Yo, 
watching you guys live, what are the chances of everyone going to play a 7-2-1 formation? This is Connor signing off. 7-2-1 Se- formation. 7 in the back? Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. Just bunker. Toronto. Yeah. It's, yeah. You're talking about Toronto playing a 7-2-1 or, uh, or Orlando playing them. I, I think that we would be more likely to see that out of Orlando more so than Toronto just because Toronto is riding really high with a lot of success. Uh, I don't expect to see that out of Toronto team. Um, what do you guys think? How much do you think the bunkering may play a factor in these next two games? Honestly, if I had to pick a team, I think it would be Orlando, but I don't think that's going to be the case in either game unless one of them happens to get up really early on against Atlanta. No, I don't think Toronto is going to bunker at all. No, um, I don't. I think if anything, you know, you could definitely see the pos- possession stage, you know, swing into their favor. Um, I think they are probably right now, all things considered and injuries, they outside of LAFC, they're probably the most complete team to challenge Atlanta United right now to give us a real run for our money playing us 1v1. Tim? Because with Ponsuelo and Morrow and all the things that I said earlier in the podcast. Because you you probably couldn't hear me anyway. <laughs> I'm done, Tim. <laughs> See, this is why you got to be in the studio. Tim, I don't I'm know. done. I don't know if you're going or coming. You're still half cocked. You're coming or going. You got to let me know something. You Sometimes uh, you keep going. I'm always full cocked. I'm always full cocked. <laughs> Sometimes you finish okay, so right quick, now. <laughs> I didn't even know you got started. Other times, you just want to keep going and going and going. You already hey, got three, Dan. How many more do you need? I, I, it wasn't my fault. I, like, I had a, that prescription, and I is just that took a whole, that a whole bunch more than, than I realized, and then I, was, then I was out of the prescription the next day. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's, there's only so much... I think I know what only so much taking a prescription for body part can take him. Dude, you're not supposed to take the birth control. You know that, right? <laughs> I uh, know what's that's going not on. What you told me that they were. It must have acted like a placebo. <laughs> you're at least not supposed to smoke like a chimney when you're on it. That really lowers oh. the uh, lowers the effectiveness of it. Orlando, what are you guys thinking? I don't know what you're talking about, Tim. Uh, three nil. I think we just beat oh, the brakes off of them. I think that they were exposed against a team in Toronto on uh, Saturday, and the way that Toronto just took it to them. I they they've had some good results this year, but I'm not scared of them. And I think that the boogie we are their boogeyman too. So I think that they're going to come. Um, I will put a I'll put a caveat on that, Tim. In that two of the leaders in the league for shots not shots on gold, but shots, I think it is, are Nani and Dom Dwyer. So from that aspect, I am a little hesitant just because of our defensive run of form in the first eight games. Does that change against Toronto now that we've seen Did you just say you're hesitant from our defensive form? Yes. We've given up eight goals. I know that. I know what you're saying, but we talked about this last week. It's not against the top goal scorers in the league. But st- well, SKC still puts in a decent amount of goals. Not lately. 
Okay, yeah, you're right. They didn't put in four against New England the game right before playing us. Okay, well, New England didn't want it bad enough, and I'm pretty sure they had a red card in that game. They had two, but still. Yeah, exactly. Christian Namath can still score, and then Gutierrez can score. Like it's, it's, I know I know what you're trying to get at, but I'm, I'm just saying I, I'm not so quick to write off up us two beating goals. Orlando 3-0. We've given up two goals in the last four games. And two of those goals were in the same game. So you're talking about three out of the last four have Again, been clean show sheets me, for us. Show me any of these stats that are validated by the fact that they're against the top, top, top uh, players that are that have shots or shots on goals or uh, teams with the the most goals in the league. And and I'll lend some credence to it. But right now, I'm saying I don't think that I'm so quick to jump on the we're gonna just wax him three nil. Tito the lion tamer comes out and balls out of control, knowing that we're gonna have to make some adjustments in this lineup and things going into that game. Dan, what are you thinking? Yeah, I definitely think that Orlando are in a better place than four nil. Um, however, look, check this out for a stat: they've won three games. How many goals did they win by in those three games? Mm. One apiece. Exactly, Tim Hub. One apiece. They beat Red Bulls 1-0. They beat Colorado 4-3 and beat Vancouver 1-0. Um, yeah, and we couldn't put more than one in on Colorado, so that means they beat us 4-1. Based on my math. DeBoer out. Yep. Oh, God. Okay, so anyway, but both of those, I mean, Vancouver and Colorado are dem- Kevin, to your point, uh, I... Ooh. All right. All right. Uh, score prediction, be more yeah. of like a, a threading. 2-0. Two, 2-0. No. Two, Two nil. Two zero, he says. He had to mime it. Uh everybody in the trap's going off. Uh what did you say? Three nil. I will say two one Atlanta against Orlando. I think we still hold them off. Um, just based on the recent run of form. I know that it is a one-off game, but I'm not so convinced that we just run away with it. We got another voicemail I saw came in at the buzzard. Oh, we did. Ooh, we did. Ooh. Ooh, we did. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Landon. Watch you guys live. I'm officially requesting that you guys change your mascot to a dumpster truck on fire because I believe that sums up what this is and why we enjoy it. I'll hang up and listen, and uh, if this doesn't happen, no scars. Is that, is that a question about Atlanta United? <laughs> is another opponent no. criticizing Atlanta United or this podcast? This po- no, no, no. He said, I know what he Yeah, meant. he's talking about he us. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Look, man, we're, we we have always been the Everyman's podcast. We're the only person. We're not paraphrasing your tweets or censoring the trap. This is this is a podcast for the people by the people. We owe Morgan and Morgan. Exactly. For the people. <laughs> by the people. <laughs> Six, seven, eight, eight, two, seven, three, two, nine, seven. Roughnextscarps.com. Shink. Convict. Convict. <laughs> yeah, you guys are terrible. Too many things going on. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're terrible. Uh, okay. Thank you guys. I think in closing, 
We're going to throw it back to the old outro music, which we haven't had in a while, which I really like. Um, thank you guys so much for your support each and every week in the trap. However you found us, we really do appreciate you. As we mentioned, reviews and ratings mean a great deal into how this show gets distributed to other fan bases. However you found us, if you were searching for Orlando City and said, wow, what is this top three podcast that is Atlanta United-centric? Wow, I guess I should tune into that. Or if you found us as a Toronto FC podcast as a result of our offside trap with the vocal minority, which we just put up as well. However you found us, thank you for doing so. Leave us a rating or a review to hear it read aloud on the show, whatever it may be or what it may say. We need a new theme. We haven't had a theme for reviews in a while. We did the emojis last year. <laughs> it was a lot of fun reading off emojis all season. So, uh, yeah, looking for some fun and interesting new reviews. We're up to 174. Yeah. I think we set the line at 200 for this year. So we've got another 28 games to get through and only we have more games than we need rating so if we get one new rating or vote every week we'll hit that well before the end of the season so in true npr fashion we, we need your support we need five more reviews before the end of the hour in order to hit our benchmark and i know that tim doesn't listen to npr because he doesn't right. believe in the <laughs> liberal media agenda so. <laughs> he's not wrong <laughs> he's not wrong so uh thank you guys for tuning in uh please please uh go check out get home before dark forward slash dot com shop <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna give you viruses so you can buy things so that maybe we can get dan's internet upgraded because <laughs> we're gonna crowdfund right now, we're gonna crowdfund uh at and right now we're dan. podcasting with tin cans and aluminum wire so uh be sure to send him your best i'm not i'm not fully sure what's going on over there but uh dan i'm glad you made it i'm glad you continue to make it however you make it even if it's through autotune <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, that got real triggery real quick. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, that old Frank DeBoer is back again. I think I might know who did the Frank DeBoer call in now. I think, yeah. it, was, I think it was Dan. All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, be sure to leave a rating or review on iTunes. However you found us, we really do appreciate you. We'll see you Wednesday at a meet and greet informally or on Mother's Day. If we don't see you and you are a mother, thank you for all that you do. Happy Mother's Day. We'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. Keep your garbage oil sands out of my country. Love seven days we crawl up to the ground Love seven sins we wear just like a crown Angels will cry and angels will moan When will they leave us alone? Lord,
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.